Welcome to Fearless Mom. We are so pumped to get this series started. Our series that we start today is Lessons Learned. And we've got a special guest, Kim Watson. I'm gonna introduce her in just a minute. But we are, for the next three weeks, gonna be looking at other people's lives, other moms' lives, because we know that every story can be used for his glory. That's what we say in our house, because if you live with a preacher, you're always at risk of your story being told from the stage, particularly if it's extremely embarrassing, or if Matt can find some biblical point to make from it. It doesn't matter, every story can be used for his glory. And so we believe that God uses all things to work together for good for those who believe in him and are called according to his purposes. And that goes with our stories. Mom stories help other moms. And that's what we're gonna be learning about for the next three weeks. But wanna take a minute and welcome in our online moms, online moms. Our prayer is that you feel us with you, that you feel a group of moms in Austin cheering you on. You may be watching with a group or you may be listening by yourself, but we want to remind you, you are not alone. Right, girls? There's a group in Austin cheering you on. We believe in you and we are glad you're with us today. We're glad that technology has connected us. Let's start with a word of prayer and we'll get going. God, I thank you so much for this day. I thank you for technology. I thank you for church. I thank you for your word. I thank you for friendship. God, you are so good, and you always give us what we need. We ask right now, Holy Spirit, that you settle our hearts and minds, that you open our eyes and ears so that we can see and hear what you want us to learn today, so we can be the moms you've created us to be, to raise up these children to be who you created them to be. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said? Amen. 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 Well, as I mentioned before, we have Kim Watson with us today. Thanks so much for being Thank here. You. Thanks for we having me. We are so glad to have her. Um, Kim is um, married to Aaron Watson, who is a singer-songwriter, and he's quite accomplished, actually. He's been doing yes. it. I know he posted the other day that he is a 20-year overnight success. You know, yes. <laughs> it's great. He works hard. He works yes, hard. He does. He does. But um, tell us a little bit about your family and about Aaron. Um, let's see. We have been married. Well, first of all, we met back in, when did we meet? 2002. And we dated for about six months before we got engaged. And then we were married eight months later. Uh, we both went to Abilene Christian University. Um, and that's how we met. Um, he is from Amarillo. I am actually from Seattle. And, but I have now been here over half my life. So, so you're, you I consider almost, yourself a Texan. I do, and I always am hopeful that people accept that. <laughs> because <laughs> there's sometimes where I'm like, I don't wanna say that I'm not from Texas because I love it here, love it here. So I wanna be fully accepted <laughs> as a Texan. I mean, all my children were born in Texas, so I feel like that really qualifies. Oh, I say that, that all the time. real. And my like, children always remind me, Mom, you know you're the only one in our family yeah, not born in Texas? Yeah. Yeah, I, go, I know, that. I know, they, do, they say that to me. Um, you're going to have to follow me, by the way, because I bounce around like crazy. Uh, They're so not I used to that a lot at all. Of rabbits. <laughs> I mean, because I'm like, well, I'm, a, I'm, I'm real There's focused. so much I have to say. I don't get out of the house much. So I have a lot to say. Um, but anyhow, so we were married in 2003, and Aaron had actually already been playing uh, music since 1999, somewhere in there, 2000. And so anyhow... A story that doesn't get told much, I was set up on a blind date 
at Aaron's, one of Aaron's shows in Abilene. And um, crazy enough, and so I knew who he was. He knew my face, but didn't know my name. And I knew his name, but didn't really know his face. So I went to this um, blind date, didn't work out so well, but we dated for a little while, but then that was over. But I went home that summer and to Seattle. Actually, it's Tacoma, has anybody? Yeah. Okay, Tacoma, Washington is where I'm actually from. Um, anyhow, went home to Tacoma and got to, can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. Um, got to looking on the internet, which was new kind of at, at that time, at least to me. So I'm looking up AaronWatson.com and I'm reading his biography and I'm reading everything about him. And I kid you not, it sounds like I'm making it up, but I remember reading and thinking, I want to marry this guy. It was the strangest thing. From his bio on the internet. From his bio. It sounds so crazy. I was still dating the guy at the time. Just <laughs> side note. Um, <clears throat> true story. You were story. dating this other guy, but you knew you were going to marry He Aaron. was in Texas. I was back home for yeah. the summer. Yes, it was all good. And so I'm just reading, and he went to ACU, and he loved music, and he sang in church, and his mom made him go to church. And he, you know, I, I read that he was from Amarillo. He went to Southwest Church of Christ, all these things. And I'm like, he loved his family. And I'm, it was, I can't even explain it. And it really does sound like I'm making it up. But I just thought, I want to marry this guy. So fast forward another year, and um, the guy is long gone, and I have a mutual friend introduce us, and so that's kind of, I'm probably way off our notes. No, you're good, so you're sorry. good, you're so good. sorry. I didn't know the story, so okay, I'm like, well, yeah. this is the story. Um, anyhow, and so he, he um, or the guy introduced us, who we actually go to church with now, it's the weirdest thing. He came back to town, we're like, Josh! Um, look what we've done. <laughs> You're responsible You're for this. Yes, you helped. Um, so anyhow, and he said, hey, this is my friend, Kim. Kim, this is Aaron. And so Josh had to get up to go to, the bath, go to the restroom. And he said, you know, don't take my seat. So Aaron ended up scooting over and talking to me. And we clicked instantly. And I remember thinking, you know, all I know is this guy's name is Aaron. I know a few other things about him. We went to ACU, and he was born and raised in the church class, which is what I was. And we had so many similarities from our background and family and values and all, all sorts of things. And um, probably within 10 minutes, I mean, this girl comes up, and she goes, hey, I heard you're playing at the Ponderosa on Friday. And all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, oh, shoot. <laughs> This is Aaron Watson. He has to be, no, this is probably no good then. For some reason, I'm thinking that this can't be, this can't be, even though it's the same guy that, you know, anyhow, a year earlier, I was convinced I was gonna marry. Um, anyway, so we talked for literally 10 minutes, clicked, exchanged numbers. He wanted me to come play ping pong that night, and I thought, sure, you want me to come play ping pong, but he really did. He really did. <laughs> but I did You're not like, yeah, go. I'll come play ping pong. Yeah, ping pong. Is that what you call that? So um, anyhow, um, so that was a Wednesday night, June 5th to be exact. The next night, um, we went out to Wendy's on a date. Um, Wendy's, talked in the parking lot till 2 in the morning. And Friday, we went to a show of his at the Ponderosa that the girl told me about. Um, I helped sell merchandise that night, and I've been involved in the business ever since. Oh, um, my word. That, so, so you had dated for two days. We had and dated, And you're yes. running his merch table. Two I days. I love it. Yes. Um, 
it was one Sterilite tub about the size, like two of those monitors or whatever. Um, one Sterilite tub, we had about 10 or 12 t-shirts in there. And it was, yes, it's grown a little bit since then. Um, but that was Friday. Saturday, we went to another show in Eastland, Texas. 20 people or so, chicken wire. Um, Sunday, we went to church together. Sunday night, we drove home to Amarillo to meet his parents. And he told me he loved me. And that's that is it. amazing. So, so you were there when literally he was singing to 20 people. Oh, yes. And now, <laughs> tell me what size audience he sings oh, to. Thousands and thousands, 10, 20,000 people. He sung at the Houston Rodeo, which is 70,000 people. Um, he had 25,000 people in France. So, I mean, he really does. He goes all over the place. Um, I have an awesome story about, can I just, I have yeah, to tell, tell it. Way off again. <laughs> Way off. But, so I went over to Europe with him because like a good wife, you should accompany him to Europe. It's just what you need to do. You are so, so sacrificial. Mm, very much so. So we go to Europe. I've, this is my second time, his 10th tour over there though. And um, these lovely leggings are Carrie Underwood leggings. Hey, you can get them at Dick's Sporting Goods. Well, there's a reason I'm telling you that. These are second pair. Because he wanted to call me up on stage and twirl me around and me do the fiddle trick. And if anybody's ever seen his show, you do, you hold the uh, bow or the fiddle and the, the guy um, does his fiddle trick. I don't know how to describe it, but if you've seen it, you've seen it. You can probably, it's on YouTube. Um, anyhow, so sweet husband calls me out on stage to show me off and spin me around. And after that, I cannot wait to get off stage because one thing I hate is being on stage. Like truly, I don't, I am a behind the scenes person. I don't like, I don't like even this. Um, to be honest, I'm much more comfortable we, we in my pajamas. Okay. We appreciate it. I'm just much more comfortable at home in my pajamas without makeup. And um, anyhow, I'm exiting the stage because I can't get off that stage fast enough. This is, he's opening up for Carrie Underwood, except she's in the hospital in Berlin because she was sick and pregnant and anyway, so she missed the show. So Aaron all of a sudden is the headliner. So there's 10, 12,000 people out here. I went off that stage. I am walking like, get me off this stage and I'm waving. And the guitar player has chords. And these same boots, these are new pair of tights, but I went flying like a squirrel to like from one tree to the next and I, bite it in front of, I mean, I am on all fours, I mean flat, not even on all fours, I'm flying across the stage in the middle of his show, unbelievably awful. So yes, his show has grown, um, his audience has grown, and um, thank goodness I was out of the country at least when, and y'all are the first people that have heard that story. And I, Wait, is there video of that story? There, there is video, there is some video. But, um, because I may need to just see mm -hmm. if we can just The see only it. one I have, yes, in my possession is right before so the big spot. we can truly grasp ball, the story. Oh, it was awesome. You yes. know, oh Like my I said, gosh. these are new tasks. What did he I do? I, he, well, afterwards, he didn't even say like, babe, are you okay? He goes, can you not walk? And I go, <laughs> man, well, you know I don't like being on stage. Like, get me off there. So we were, I forget the last show. I was at San Antonio Rodeo like a few weeks ago. And all I thought was, uh-uh, don't you dare. So luckily he just had me come down to the dirt. And at one point he was like, uh-uh, 
No, no, I will never. So I'm really thankful that there are no cords and this is wireless. Yeah. I really, <laughs> I appreciate we'll, we'll it. We'll be super this. careful when we get yes. out of the bar stools. And I could, yes, the so the show not, might not be over because I might fall getting <laughs> off this chair. But the good news about anyways. if anything like that happens around here, we'll never laugh or show the video. No, yeah. Probably not. No, we would never do that. Well, you, you talked Anyhow. about meeting Aaron, marrying Aaron. Tell us about yes. your family, your kids. Okay, so we were married in 03. Um, we had our first baby in 06. Jake. Jake will turn 13 actually on Wednesday. Cannot believe that because just the other day, I was in those foggy days of staying home, and um, Aaron was always gone, so I was home a lot by myself. Um, and I loved it. It's exactly what I wanted to do when I grew up was be a stay-at-home mom. Um, I was an accounting and finance major, and so I worked in public accounting um, until we had, well, actually, I then started doing his books and um, became a stay-at-home wife <laughs> for a while. And then I quickly got pregnant, so I became a stay-at-home mom and loved every minute of that. Jake would be 13, Jack is 11, so they are 20 months apart. And then I had a miscarriage in between Jack and Jolie Kate. And Jolie Kate is nine. So when Jack was five months old, I had a miscarriage. Um, we were trying to have them back to back to back to back um, because you want you know, your plan to work out. Like that's how I wanted it and that's what we were gonna do and God was gonna cooperate with that plan. Um, and so I had the miscarriage. I was about eight weeks along at that time. And my experience with that miscarriage was, was maybe easier than what some, than what some um, have an easier, I, I had an easier time, I feel, because I just knew that, well, this is just what happens sometimes, and life, life happens, and miscarriages happen all the time, and sometimes people talk about them, sometimes they don't, but, so I continue to roll on, and um, three months later, I guess I got pregnant again with Jolie Kate, and she is nine, and, and she is nine, that's, Wow. She's got a lot of personality. She does. She is, um, she's her dad. And she, Erin says she learned a lot of it from me, but she is definitely, she is extremely strong-willed and extremely determined. And I'm really glad for that to be what the qualities that she possesses because she's going to be a mom one day. She's going to be a woman in this world. And I am really glad that she has all of that strength and sass and, um, Tenacity. Yes, she's spirited. She's very spirited. Um, so I feel like that's going to be great. So anyhow, and then um, Julia Grace, it took us about, let's see, it took us seven months to get pregnant with Julie Kate. It took us nine months to get pregnant with, and you're probably like, why does she know all these months? Because remember, I wanted it to work out my way. So every month I was like, I'm going to be pregnant this month, all right? And anyhow, so nine months took us to get pregnant with Julia Grace, and it was our fourth child, and I had had all C-sections. So after 18 hours of labor with Jake, I got an awesome C-section. Um, and then after that, we live in Abilene, and in Abilene, you don't do V-backs, really. Um, and when you're, I'm very, um, what's the word? A scaredy cat is what Aaron says. I don't take risks. And so I'm like, ah, I'm not having a VBAC. I'm not going to do that. I was too scared. So I had all C-sections, and they were very close together. So I knew that this fourth pregnancy would be um, probably it for me. Um, and so that's when I got pregnant with Julia Grace. And 
she, do you want me to get into that? Okay. Um, and so I, oh, another thing about my plans is I always wanted to have four kids and um, I wanted boy, boy, girl, girl. So, so far so good. Um, and then we go in for a 20 week ultrasound because I'm so jealous of moms these days, by the way, that get to go in like at seven weeks or eight weeks and I don't know how it even works, but y'all find out, like they found out early and I had to wait 20 weeks. I mean, it almost looks like they could buy clothes for the child. Uh, yes. like that, it, it's like a 3D image. I'm like, what is happening? Yes. So, so different. So, and this was back in 2011. And so anyways, we go in for the traditional 20 week ultrasound to make sure that you know, everything was just fine. And we've been there, done that before. But this time we're gonna not find out if it's a boy or a girl because we're gonna wait not tell delivery, because I can't do that. Um, but I love when people do that. That's so exciting. But I could never do that. Um, so anyhow, um, we bring our, our CPA, actually. She's still our CPA to this day. And she works for us out of our house. And now she has two little kids, and she works out of her house half the time. And Anyhow, she was like our go-to girl to come to the, and be secretive and go take the envelope to the bakery and get a cake. So we're going to have a party that night. And so we go to the, um, the doctor person that does that. And um, the nurse was just different. She wasn't very friendly and, um, oh, hang on, can I back up? The day before, that was on a Monday. The day before that, um, Sunday, in between Bible class and church, I remember telling, I was talking to some friends, we go, we go find out tomorrow if, if it's a boy or a girl and you know we're excited. And, all that stuff, and I said, I just feel like I've had three healthy babies. Like, I just feel like maybe, maybe it's our turn for something to be wrong. Like, it was the weirdest thing. Did I know anything? No. Was anything, had I felt anything different? No. It was just the strangest thing that I, I don't, and I think what it was, was I wasn't, like, predicting anything. I think I was just really aware of the blessing that I've had three healthy babies and here I was having another baby and I was just overwhelmed with just like, wow, and here we go again. And um, anyhow, so we go in, everything's different, find out um, right away, you know, you're staring up at the ceiling and um, Aaron's there with me and he always like runs his hands through my hair all the time and he's just doing that and the doctor just says, I have some concerns I need to talk to y'all about. And hang on. Yeah, you're good. And you were at 20 weeks? Yes. And you thought Maybe it was a routine checkup? Only time I'll get choked up. Yes. And so it's routine checkup. Sorry. I'm like, maybe we need a time check. Ooh, we do. Um, <laughs> we might, what are y'all doing for lunch? <laughs> because we might still be here. <laughs> um, anyhow, so long story short. He says there's, I have, um, or there's some fluid on the brain, the heart, I think he said there's only two valves. Is that, if there are any people in the medical field, sorry if I don't have all that right. Um, and there's something with the umbilical cord, something about two versus one or two versus three ins or outs or something. And he said, I have concerns that um, the baby has trisomy 18. And I instantly knew what that was. And Aaron did not. I had followed Angie Smith's blog. The, her husband is um, the lead singer of 
Selah. Um, and I had followed her blog, and so I knew exactly what we were looking at. And instantly, there's this, like, instant tears. Not just like, oh, I'm, I mean, instant tears, and I'm just silently just, and Aaron is just like, what is, you know, what does that mean? And um, he said, well, I need y'all to go see a specialist in Dallas the next day. So we went on Tuesday, and like I said, with the C-sections, I had to know whether I was going to deliver in Dallas. If I was, if the baby had Downs, I would deliver in Dallas, and we would have immediate um, open heart surgery and, and on and on. Um, and then if the baby was trisomy, then we, trisomy 18, we would have to deliver in Abilene and just do comfort measures and, and all of that. So um, basically, we, um, we were told to terminate the pregnancy, and that was just something that, I mean, all I can do is speak from my experience. That was not something that I myself could live with, um, and Aaron as well. Like, I wasn't going to take somebody's word that this baby was going to die because I believe God can do anything. Did I expect him to? No. No. Um, I prayed all the time that things would be different. So we had the amnio, and it came back like 99 point whatever, that it was trisomy 18. So we knew we'd deliver in, in um, Abilene. And... Um, I could talk about this story for forever, so let me think how to, um, so I continue to carry, basically, is the story, and I continue to, to grow, and the kids, trying to talk through that with the kids, and explain that, yes, mama is having another baby, because they're four, three, and one at this point, so they're not really understanding much, but Jake, our oldest one, Jake really kind of, um, he was always more aware, he still is, he's just that kid that's very, he's a quiet observer, and he's in tune to everything. And so um, we would continue to pray for her. And oh, so we had a prayer that night, by the way. The party turned into a prayer um, gathering, basically. Um, we found out that it was a girl and all of that we needed to know. So instantly at that point, she became Julia Grace because we had our names picked out. And um, anyhow, so that was 20 weeks and then continued to carry her to term and um, delivered in Abilene. I had blood clots. Um, and so I had to be in the hospital for two weeks before delivery, and Aaron was in Kansas when I got admitted, and that was just, and then at one point, I remember thinking, did I choose the wrong thing, because now I'm going to die, and I have three kids at home, and literally, I mean, my husband's gone, I have blood clots in my legs, they're checking my lungs, because, and my dad's cousin, actually, on her fourth C-section, had a blood clot, one went to the brain, and literally, she is, um, I, I don't. I don't know what the medical term for her. Very incapacitated. Very. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and so I just had all this fear. Did I make the wrong decision? But I mean, no. I trust. I trusted him, and I still was going to trust him. And trying to walk through that with my kids to explain that all of this is happening. It's just um, we're going to we're going to get through it because God. Somehow this is happening. Do I think he's up there with a the little chess game, like saying, I'm gonna do this and do that? No, absolutely not. I do not believe that for one second. It just, life, life happens. And um, what happened to us is something that I never thought I'd experience. It's something that you read about and you hear other people's stories, but it'll never, ever be you. Um, and then all of a sudden it is. And it totally changes your perspective on so many things. Um, so she was born. Can I get into that? 
<clears throat> oh, hang on, there's a good story. <clears throat> and now that I got my choked up part out of the way, we're good. Um, everywhere we'd go, I was the mom that had these three little kids and I'm pregnant again. And so if any of y'all have been that mom, everybody's like, you're out of your mind. And so, <laughs> and, but again, it's, it's how it was. And we would go anywhere and somebody would say like, oh, wow, you have, you have three kids and oh my goodness, you're pregnant again. And <clears throat> like it was an accident or something, you know, I'm like, well, no, I really wanted all these. <laughs> um, anyhow, um, and so one time at Target, Jack, who I always tell Jack, we always, we always kid with Jack. We're like, we've loved Jake longer and Julie Kate's the girl, but you're our favorite. We always say that to Jack. <laughs> it's not the truth, obviously. And they all know it, but it's our funny little joke. Um, anyways, Jack is just, oh, he is a precious kid. And he had speech therapy when he was little. I actually tell second grade. And sometimes we're like, should we sign him back up? There are some times where I'm like, I think he still needs it. But anyhow, he couldn't say his um, G's. He couldn't say a lot of things, right? But at Target one day, the checkout lady was like, oh my goodness, you have three. You know, they're, they're all basically babies. What is the fourth one going to be? You know, is this a boy or a girl? And I'm trying to hold it together because by golly, I'm not going to, I can't cry everywhere I go. And, um, and you just have to find a way to just kind of graciously just say, it's a girl, you know, because you don't want to tell everybody your story. I mean, you do, you kind of do, but then you're like, they don't want to hear it. So anyways, Jack, <laughs> her is a girl and her is done to die. I know. I, I mean, you told years me old. that story a few years ago. Oh. I, I have thought her about him some. Her oh. is a girl, and her, her is done to die. die. And the lady just looked at me, and I just said, I just shook my head. And I said, I'm, I'm sorry. Yes, there's, there's something, and, and we, it, it does look like that's going to be the case. But we're going to carry her to term, and we will see what, what happens and how, how this plays out, and. I mean, I could not get out of there quick enough. Because but I remember oh. when you told me that, I thought, oh man, goodness. that that tells me that you had yes. talked to them, that you had prepared mm -hmm. them to the best, and, and yes. at their level, at their level. Yes. You, you, we don't understand yeah. why things happen. No. And so trying to expect and it's not you know, us to, to be able to explain yeah. to a four or a three-year-old, yes. and so you would use language that they understand, and they felt free to share oh. it with the target oh, lady. They sure did. And really, it was just, that was the... That was the funniest way that they put it, but um, I mean, because I couldn't even get a word out. Her is a girl, and her a dunna die. <laughs> Bless but, it. But then we got to know you after so, that. Go ahead. Yes. So, well, and then there's the, the other thing, um, United. Like, I always kept it. Y'all don't have United down here, I just realized. It's a small town grocery store. And I ran into somebody there that I hadn't seen the whole time, and so he was like, Kim you are pregnant. And that's exactly how he said it. And I was fixing to, to deliver. So I was pregnant because I like to gain 70 pounds during my pregnancies. So yes, with Jake, I literally went from 105 pounds to 180 pounds and I'm barely five foot two. So y'all can just use your imagination. It was awesome. Um, <clears throat> so I look like a completely different person pregnant. Um, and I keep five pounds, I think from every kid, it seems like. Um, so anyways, when he saw me, he was like, Kim. And he said, you are pregnant again. And I lost it right there in the produce section. 
and he just instantly hugged me. I mean, he's like a, not quite a father figure, but, um, but he's closer to that age difference, if that makes sense. Um, and I just, you know, I am so sorry. And he works at the hospital and his ways and I just kind of quickly explained it. So anyhow, that was just another story of the time that I did not hold it together well. And then of course, after we delivered, there would be questions because these same checkout people that were always used to seeing us would say, oh, you had the baby. And then, yeah, and that one, that's always hard. Um, and then it's, it's hard, as time goes on, it's been seven and a half years and it gets, you know, easier to, depends, probably depends on where I am in my cycle, how easy it is to talk about. Um, but, um, so we did deliver her. Do you want me to touch on that? Briefly? Yeah, that's okay. right. I, I think what, what is so remarkable and what um, sticks out to me is how, um, how realistic you were, how honest you were mm -hmm. about your pain mm -hmm. while having yes. hope. You, you, you continued to have hope, mm -hmm. but you never denied the hurt. Yes, I try not to, I tried really hard though to keep it together in front of the kids because I wanted them to know, I didn't want them to see me cry all the time. Like that was, so I'd cry in the car, I'd take them to, to their little preschool when Jake was like four and I would just cry. Jolie Kate was in the back in her thing. So she didn't know I was crying. Um, she was one, she was, she was crying probably. Um, Anyhow, I didn't want to cry all the time. Um, and how do I say that? Um, there were definitely times that I did. I wanted them to know that this was, well, especially almost like now. I talked to them so much more over the last like five, six years than even than you can then. Which I, I really think it's so it. interesting that you, know. you keep her memory alive. Yes. They, yes. they and, and you have her picture really of with me. their yes. baby pictures. Yes. And I, we talk about her a lot, and um, I try to use her, um, her story like for good because I never imagined, like I said, in a million years that we would experience something like this. And I also, and the other thing I want to say um, is this is just our story. And here's the deal. These things happen all the time. Or it happens in a car wreck, or it happens in disease or cancer or, and it happens outside of this country, all over the whole world. Like I am one person that experienced the loss of a child. There are people that lose their husbands, their wives, their, you know, do you see what I mean? Absolutely. Like, there's so much hurt in the world. This was my hurt. This and was, grief looks different, it's different for, for everyone. everybody. It really everyone is. handles it differently. Yes, yes. Um, but, so I always tried to take a step back and go, this is just my story. Like, this happens all the time, but you don't think it does until all of a sudden it's you experiencing something. And then you're, then you're aware of everyone around you. And you also, I notice, I um, approach people differently because I used to be like, oh, I'm not going to say anything about that. Like, oh, I don't want to bring that up. They might, that might trigger them. I'm like, now that I've experienced this, when people talk, um, and I will, I will bring up Julia Grace, I'm like, you're not... Or they will, they will bring up Julia Grace to me, and I'm sorry if it, if it bothers you. And I'm like, no, I, and I haven't forgotten, and I'm not going to forget. And thank you so much for, for you being um, willing to, to bring her up, you know? Like, people are so, it's the elephant in the room. Everybody knows. So the fact when people actually would talk to us meant so much. I, have a, I had a friend at church 
that was pregnant at the same time. And she wouldn't say a word to me. And I thought, oh, man, don't you know, like, yes, I'm probably going to cry when I talk to you. But, like, just talk to me, you know. But so. I think that's so interesting. And you guys were so generous with that in allowing people to learn how to handle grief yes. with their friends. I, I think you mm -hmm. were generous with your thoughts with other people. I know just following you, um, and like when we met and I started asking you questions mm -hmm. about it, and yeah. um, you, I, I just think it's amazing, number one, how you explained it to your children and mm -hmm. how as they've grown, they yes. feel free to ask you more questions uh -huh. because you explained it age appropriately, yeah. knowing that this won't be the last time we talk about it. Yeah. You know, at each stage, they will yes. ask more questions yes. and you've given them the freedom to do that. That's a mm -hmm. very healthy... I want them to be able to talk about it because I don't think any emotion, any emotion that is kind of shut up or closed inside is going to come out at some point. Oh girl, we got you I with mean, the emote control series you know. <laughs> at the end of the semester. <laughs> so... I want them to be able to talk about it. And the reason is also because it's real life. And I want them to work through what we've experienced. I want them to see that. that that's another thing I'm going to say, which again, sorry for my rabbit trails. I have so many different things I could talk about. Um, I'm, this is my own, my own experience. That's all I can say. But I was never, not one second was I ever mad at God. And I want to say that, and I hope that y'all can hear me. Um, a lot of people, when bad things do happen, when difficult things happen, they do, they get mad at God. Um, for me, luckily, I, I don't know why I wasn't. I come from a very, um, a family that has a very strong faith, and I'd like to think that maybe that's part of it, is that I've, I've grown up knowing that God is still good, and my kids can finish that statement for me. I always tell them, I said, God is still good, even when bad things happen. Like, that's a great, it's a great truth yes. to learn. It's and, and it's a great truth to repeat to yourself when you don't yes. feel it. Yes. It, it, you know, you, you uh -huh. respond to the feeling with the fact. And the fact is uh -huh. God is always. He is still good, yeah. no matter what. And bad things happen. And I've had to say that. And I tell them that all the time. Like, and that's exactly, that's pretty much what I say. Bad things happen, but he is still good. But you know, and he wasn't being mean to me. Right. It right. feels and like it, that. I, I like, love how about? you said it wasn't a chess game. No, he was, it was not, not picking you out. No. He allowed. Uh -huh. he, but now, because of what, and, and that probably leads us into other questions too, but because of what had happened, oh, I've skipped over all of Julia Grace's birth though. Uh -huh. um, but because of what has happened with Aaron's platform with music, and it's allowed us a platform in order to be able to share that. Because out of everything that I ever share on social media, um, I wouldn't say necessarily Julia Grace is the most important because that's not it. The lessons that have been learned through her life and her death is um, something that I want to share with everybody because um, oh, it was there and it's gone. Um, it's just important. <laughs> well, and I think, I think just in a, an observation, mm -hmm. watching it from afar, um, you, I've, I've watched you speak to moms who have experienced it or are experiencing it, maybe in the middle of it, mm -hmm. and you say, this is my story, and you are choosing mm -hmm. to use your story to help someone yes. else. It's which amazing. you're not obligated to. No. You're, there, there's not, but you, you yes. guys have chosen that. I'm, yes, and I don't feel, I say I'm not obligated, I'm not obligated to anybody, but I do actually 
feel this almost like an obligation now to God because he's given me this platform. And I'm like, I've got to tell the world that Jesus loves them because it's shocking. So not even so much about, hey, life can get hard, get through it, and you're gonna be just fine. Not that, but like even the fact that God is who he says he is and he's alive and he's, he really exists. And there's, to, to me, I think about, um, like I was just born and raised in the church. Like that's what I know. But there's so many people that don't know. And I, have, I cannot even tell y'all how many direct messages I get, which I can't even keep up with, or I get emails, and it just, I want to be able to respond to every single person, and there are not enough hours in the day. Um, but I, I want to so bad, because I want to tell people about, about my faith in God, and, and ultimately, it's like, I want to tell you about him, because of, there's going to be a judgment day. And I mean, if you really want to get to it, like, we, that's what life is about. And it, it's I this think little life, but obligation, I think it's responsibility. It's a, yes, you feel I feel a responsibility. responsibility for your platform, which takes me to another question. Yes. Are you ready to move on? Yes. Oh, except can I tell one story? I know. I, I think you should. Oh. Go ahead. Well, just <laughs> I on, felt like you wanted to. Go ahead. Yes, just on delivering Julia Grace, there was such a presence of God in that room that day. Um, and, you know, she lived an hour and 20 minutes, and... Um, it was just the sweetest time, and we did let our kids come in and see her, which I felt like was just a, it had to happen. People are like, oh, you're gonna let your kids? I'm like, uh, yes, like I'm not going, that would, we'd be dealing with more problems now if we didn't, probably didn't let our kids experience that. But anyhow, the, we just handled it, um, everybody handles things differently. Um, it was very hard. We had a bunch of people from our church there um, came in and held her and um, it was a room full of tears, of course. Um, we didn't let anybody in until after she had passed away. I do need to say that. Um, we just had that time with her. Um, and the other part, I will probably start crying. So actually, maybe. You want to move on? Let's just move on. But if it's you, really if sweet. You wanna... It involves Aaron, Carrie, and Julia Grace to the nursery. But I can't go there. Okay. Well, let's, because you are so intentional with your platform, and we talk about social media a lot, and a lot of moms are um, building their platforms or trying to utilize their platform in social media, whether it's for a business, whether it is for a blog or encouragement, whatever it is, I know that it's a big deal. And I've watched your social media, and I've watched you choose to be very intentional. Do you remember yes. choosing, like, I will... Be positive. I will, or, or yeah. is that just yes. your natural bent? Um, well, I don't like controversy. And so I'm not a person that I don't like any type of controversy, and I stay out of all that. Um, I don't voice my opinions um, on controversial subjects because I know everybody has their opinions. So it's from the beginning, I never would talk about anything that I, um, I just didn't want to go there. Why yeah. I did, I yeah. wanted it to be uplifting, and I still want it to be uplifting and um I but wanted everything to from nail polish it's a, to yes um scripture because I never want to be preachy at the same time but that's what means the most to me I mean I, I'll post pictures of my kids all day however people are always like how can we only post pictures of Jolie Kate or how can more pictures of are of Jolie Kate I'm like well she's the one that doesn't run from the camera that's first of all why Jolie Kate's like and, are you yeah, posting she's today cuter yeah. than the boys half the time <laughs> Or I would dress her up and play doll, which I feel like was probably therapy for me after Julia Grace. I mean, I had a lot of clothes, and we played dress up, and we had like 100 bows, and we took <laughs> pictures every day. And 
Yeah, um, still trying to <laughs> give away those clothes. Um, anyhow, but yes, um, what was I saying? Oh, you you use it. I was asking about scripture. You do nail polish. Oh. You do scripture. You said yes. Oh, and people about um, Jolie Kate. Um, and that's the other thing. Now that they're older, it was easier to like, you know, post pictures when they were young and cute. And they're getting into that awkward stage now, the not so cute stage. So, and also, I there's a fine line between not like exploiting our children. So. Um, you know, everybody, I don't, I don't know. And I came on to Instagram, like I had to tell Aaron what Instagram was. I don't, I think we got it right after Joel, uh, Julia Grace was born. I think it's when I got it. And, um, anyhow, uh, so many thoughts, focus. Um, oh, Julia. But he uses Hang his on. platform he, for, yes, his is more business, but he does, he does some, ex, um, yeah, he not does. preaching, but. But does some of you that guys too. share your faith. You're very open about yes. your faith, but it's not preachy. I don't. How do you I don't do that? Come, I don't ever want to come off preachy because I think if you're preaching to somebody, they're gonna if they don't want to hear it and it's not that good time in their life, then they're just gonna tune you out anyways. Probably unfollow and move on. Like, and it, I mean, I want. I don't want their follow. I want them to hear what I want to say to their heart. So it's not about. Um, like it blows me away to think like wow, I have almost 100,000 followers on Instagram. There are people that have like millions, don't get me wrong. But like, I'm just a little girl from Tacoma, Washington that somehow came to Texas, luckily, and married this guy that played the guitar. And somehow we have this platform. And I guess that's where the obligation or the responsibility came in, I, I feel, to be able to share. Um, and people do, they listen. It's the weirdest thing. It's almost like I have a microphone in my hand all the time. But I think that's important listen. to recognize. You actually do have a microphone yes. in your hand when you post. You are declaring. Yes. You are, and because of your position, I, and I, she's a great follow. She is a great follow. I probably tell, I don't refer people to social media all the time. <laughs> but I'm like, she is a great follow because it is positive and it's encouraging, but it's not preachy. I feel yeah. that. I, I love it. I'll tell you another thing that you do. Is you, Aaron travels a lot, he's yes. gone a lot, yes. but you somehow on social media and to mm -hmm. your children, um, you speak so positively about that. Whereas my yes. husband, if he's gone for one night, I mean, I act like he's been gone a year, you know? <laughs> well, I I'm like, how dare it, you go but... out of town? I've never put the trash yes. out. Well, see, I was <laughs> like, you left on a Thursday? I mean, I need a heads up about this, yes. you know? Yes. But, but you are so positive about well, it. Well, I was raised by a single dad, which I, maybe I should address that as well. My mom left um, when I was 18 months old and my brother was four months old. And so at that time... I need you just to repeat that statement. Okay. Now, knowing what you know about what an intentional mother she is, and I, I don't know if that was God's hand on you, mm -hmm. how you know things intuitively, but so your mom left, left when you guys were how old? Repeat my, that statement. I was 18 months old and my brother was four months old. And your dad raised you guys. Yeah. Pretty amazing. It's pretty amazing. Yes. So my dad is my hero. I have now, it used to be like dad and God. And I now realize that he's a little lower than God. <laughs> but he was right up there for the longest time. And Aaron will never let me forget the one time I offered to make my dad a sandwich. And I was like, Daddy, are you hungry? Yeah, and did not offer my husband anything, but he brings that up often. <laughs> I'm sorry about that. Um, but yes, yeah, so, and then, um, and I have people ask me all the time, like, did your mom die or did you, what happened? I don't talk about that on social media. 
um, because I want to still give her, I just want to be respectful. But she made some poor choices and tried to come in and out of our life for a while. Um, and then eventually she wanted $5,000 for each of us. And my dad literally paid her $10,000 and my dad had full custody. And so he, um, I had some awesome side ponytails and he would spray my hair with, or my clothes with perfume if they were dirty and I wanted to wear them the next day. So I have some great stories of single parent um, life until he remarried. He remarried his high school sweetheart, actually remarried. He got remarried to his high school sweetheart this time when I was 11, I believe 11, real good time to come into a girl's life. Um, anyhow, we since now are, are close and she has been wonderful. Um, but yes, yeah, so I was married or I was raised by a single dad and so I'm pretty independent. Um, and I don't mind, I'm probably in the minority when I say no, that I, I you're don't not the only mind person being I've heard that before by myself, someone. like I can, I can function just fine. I mean, he does provide the roof over my head, so that is nice. Um, but I, I really can do well. I'm not, thank goodness I do well because I can't be that needy wife with him being gone. He does not need me calling him all the time saying, I miss you, I miss you, come home, whatever. But you're and it's also, not in me, so. you, the way you talk to the kids about it and the way you oh, post yes. about it, yes. it's not just dad's not here and I'm not going to talk oh, negatively about it. Actually, yes. your pendulum swings and I you always talk tell about how, why he's gone yes. to them. I always tell them, and I preach to them in my prayers, by the way. I preach in my prayers to my kids all the time because they're listening. I also preach when I get in the car, by the way, because if y'all don't do that, and here my husband is a musician, we don't listen to music in the car. Like... <laughs> Let that sit, sink in for a second. Now, when Aaron's in the car, it drives me crazy because he always listens to music and it's cranked up loud. It drives me crazy. Anyhow, for a different day. Um, so we talk all the time in the car. We talk at home. And I always praise Aaron for what he does because sometimes Aaron will be like, yep, Daddy has to go to work again. And I'm like, uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. No, Daddy Daddy is such a hard worker, and he's going out and he's working for us, and I'm so glad you have that example of what it is to provide for your family and to work so hard because, oh, I could talk forever about that too. Aaron's just like my dad. He's, my dad was an entrepreneur and um, just so driven. I wish I had his drive. Oh, mercy. Um, everything he does, he goes 110 miles an hour, or gives 110% and goes 90 miles an hour all the time. Um, and the, all those good traits that make Aaron who he is, I praise those good traits to the kids all the time because I don't want them thinking that um, daddy, yeah, I don't want him to ever have like a pity party like, oh, daddy's gone all the time. There are husbands that are gone to war for nine months or exactly. wherever. Yes. Like we really don't have it hard. And we know, you know, Lord willing, we know daddy's gonna come home. We taught, we pray about him being gone. We, we also pray that his, um, about his boldness from the stage. And we talk about how we want him to be um, bold and um, fearless when he's on stage to be able to tell people about Jesus. Because if anybody's ever been there to one of his shows, um, you're gonna get a little tiny bit of a sermon. Um, and that's, that's important, because again, you have a microphone, people be able to listen. And I also think that they see you work hard. So yes, you can be. And I remind mom. them if they ever don't. Yeah, they yeah they they see him. You you praise him for working hard, but they also see you working hard. Yes, I mean I mean they definitely see you guys on the same page. Y'all are very intentional about that. I'll tell you, Aaron's also very intentional from the stage about celebrating you. 
Yes. Yeah, yes. And, and celebrating the children. And, and that's, I think that is very significant. I think you recognize your platform and you use it mm -hmm. for good. And I think that yes. is just, it is to be commended because that's not always you. the case. And there yeah. are, there's so we, much we're negativity noticing. on social media. And we really might be here till lunch if you get me started on that. But, you know, I was, and most everyone in here too, we remember the days without cell phones. And I am so glad that I remember the days without cell phones and the days long before social media. I think Instagram, besides Facebook, I never had MySpace. I don't even know how that worked, but I never had that. But I do, I remember people talking about that. Um, and I had Facebook and I would delete it, except that's how I stalk my um, kids' friends because they're like, so-and-so wants Every me to Every good over. mother knows uh -uh. how to stalk. Yes, like, no. For <laughs> they're sure. like, why not? I'm like, I cannot explain it, but <laughs> uh-huh, I'll show you one day. Um, you will never go to their house. <laughs> you will never. Yeah, absolutely. Never. That, that is but, called parenting. But there is so much negativity on social media. I think that's why I feel the need to be a light. And that's why, like I said, I don't want to ever, um, I don't get into controversial things. I've only had five that I can think of. I've had five negative comments in seven years. And like, I That's love that because I don't, I don't want them. And um, one person was bashing Aaron. One person was bashing. I killed a snake on Instagram. I shouldn't, or I didn't kill it. I let Jack, it was already a dead snake. That was not a good idea, but it was a rattlesnake and it's in my yard. And I did what I thought. Anyways, I was like, there's some, a snake lover that didn't like that. And I apologized to her. She, I think she followed me for a little while longer and now she's gone and that's okay. But she does, um, anyhow. And then somebody told me that I needed to lose 10 or 15 pounds. And I was like, you're right. But that's not going to happen because I really like my food. So I'm sorry. But I'm healthy on the inside. So I've, those are my negative comments. But I, I, don't want, I don't want bad comments. I want people. Um, it's also, I've been approached to sell things online. Yeah. I get approached by that a lot. And I could probably kill it if I tried to sell something. Probably could, but I don't want to ask anything of anybody because if I'm asking, I want people just to follow, just to follow. I mean, they're, they're supporting Aaron and his music, so they're, they're doing that, you know, um, but I don't want it to ever be that. I want it to be a light. I want it to be um, just but you articulate those words, and we talk a lot about our responsibility as moms to raise up strong, independent, competent young adults. Yes. And I think, number one, you set the example. You set the example of hard work. You set the example of respecting one another, and you guys do that so well. You're also setting the example of how to use social media and how uh, I, I think it's remarkable. Yeah. We, we have noticed that. I'll tell you another thing that I want you to talk just a little bit about. Uh -huh is um, I know Aaron travels a lot, mm -hmm. and we talk about that. You know, you've mentioned that, and he's gone on the weekends, and your kids do sports. Yes. But church is a priority. Oh, yes. Um, <laughs> yes, we show up in our baseball uniform, um, too, when we're out of town for tournaments. We go, and I will just find the church that's there, and um, especially in small-town Texas, wherever we travel is usually some small-town West Texas thing, and I'll find the local church press that they have there and I'll go knock on those sweetest old ladies will greet us at the door and you know oh honey you you're playing ball <laughs> like this is church but um anyhow so yes we go 
all the time. I was just raised that way. So if those church doors are open Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, like we're always there. And church, let me hear, let me say this. I don't believe in one, for one second that church attendance saves you, but I do believe that you're better off every time you go. And I feel like, my dad used to always tell me, he said, Kimberly, I never, there have been plenty of times I didn't want to go, I was tired or it was late, or he says, but I've never once been, been sat or been upset that I went. And I think about that, and I think about just being involved in every Bible study that you can go to, every time that you can go to worship and you're in a um, class, any type of a, even home Bible study that you can do, and just time in the Word. Um, a preacher once said that you get a brick every time you get a brick. You, you walk away and you get a brick and you go lay it on your foundation. And brick by brick, you build your own strong foundation. You don't want to build the foundation in the midst of the storm. You want to build your foundation before the storm hits. So growing, I feel like I, I do, fortunately for myself, I do have a very strong foundation because by golly, unless we were in the hospital, we were at church. I promise you that. But I'm so thankful for that. And that's how I want to raise my kids. And that's even when Aaron, will, if Aaron gets home, and it's about 15, 20 minutes before we walk out of the door, he hops in that shower and he goes to church with us. Um, and if he does, if he misses Sunday morning, then he goes with us Sunday nights. Um, but again, it's just because there's so much strength that you gain from just hearing the scriptures over and over and singing the songs. Like you don't, God doesn't need our worship. Like we need to, we need to worship if that makes sense. Uh, it like definitely don't, you know, it's, it's for us and it does, it makes you stronger. And the kids, the kids will go, are we going to church this morning? And I'm like, looking at you like, are you out of your mind? Yes, we've gone to church your whole life. I'm sorry that you don't, you know. I'm like, I remember dragging y'all all the time. Um, but it's because, and it's also because, here's another thing, and this sometimes, if this really gets me too, probably being raised by a single dad, but they say, you know, the, the wife is supposed to quietly win her husband over if he is an unbeliever. You know, she can quietly win him over. When it comes to, um, worship and the kids attending church later on in life, it's one thing for the mom to go, but for the dad to come to church, that's where the leadership really, that's where the kids are going to really get the example. And so I, you know, I have, I have friends that, that their husbands do not come to church, but they consistently always are bringing their kids. And eventually I just know that eventually they're going to, they're how do I say this? Sorry, I'm on another rabbit no, trail. No, you're good. Um, but the kids are seeing the example that the mom is setting, and I just, I just am like hoping that the dads, and they do, oftentimes the dads end up coming around from the example of, of the women. And, and we do our part. I've got to do my responsibility, mm -hmm. and my responsibility is to be who God created me to be and to get to know him better and to do Bible study and to be part of the church. And we believe that the church partners with parents and that parenting is an overwhelming task. And yes. when you're really considering being a mother, then the appropriate response, you know, is to throw up in your mm -hmm. mouth a little bit. And because it, yeah. it should make you vomit. It, it's that overwhelming. But the good news is you're not supposed to do it by yourself. You, um, God created the local church to partner with you. And so I we can't imagine going through life yeah, without I, I, other I believers as yeah. well. Building that foundation. Yeah, absolutely. And community. Really well, and I we want the kids to know that because they're gonna yeah. grow up one day and they're gonna go on. And ultimately, I have one in heaven. And my goal right now is to make sure that those other three, that I do anything I can do to help them stay on that path. Absolutely. And, you know, that's, the, that's, 
that's the goal of life, is the, is the end. Have y'all ever seen, sorry, you're trying no. to end it, I'm not done yet. <laughs> Hang on. Have y'all ever seen, I thought I was being you just think we're done. <laughs> Somebody needs to order whatever. Sorry, I'm seven minutes over. You're good. Um, have y'all seen that Francis Chan, um, the rope illustration? No, I haven't. Oh, Julie, bless it. You're going to go look this up. It's so good. And it's somebody in here, I feel like, has seen it. Somebody online, for sure. So it is a rope. And he's on stage. He's talking about, and he has, this part of a rope is red. And he's like, this is your life. And then this is the front of it, you know. And then the rope goes on forever. And he's like, you know, it stops at the end of the stage, of course. But think about that in terms of your timeline of your life. And this little front part right here in red is your life. And everything you do right here determines the rest. Like everything in your life is based. And so when you really, really, really think about it, like I, that's my goal in life is to help my kids and to be able to tell everybody I can because this is our life here, but there's so much more out there and it goes on forever. So that's what I'm passionate about. I'm passionate about my family. But I'm passionate about eternity because, because it's real. It's ending. Yes. Because it's real. Yes. And um, you said, we said earlier, you, that's what you're passionate about. And because yes. you're passionate about, you, you tell your story. Mm-hmm. You tell your story about your marriage with yes. Aaron. You tell your story on Instagram. You, you use your story yeah. to help others. And we are grateful and we are better for it. And we thank, thank you. you for being here today. Thank you. Um, I would love to close in prayer and I'd love to pray for Aaron and you and your oh. family. Yes. One more thing. Go. No, 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 no. Hang on. Can but you really, believe we're friends? If, okay. If y'all don't follow me, just promise me, because I thought of two other great stories that I really wanted to share. And one, I'm going to post on social media soon. I'm a really bad poster lately. Like, I have so many other things to do, and it takes a lot of time. And um, side note, we don't let our kids have phones, and most people think we're crazy. Um, they, they're scary. They're scary. And I know there's a lot of good things out there, but for, for us personally, we don't do that. Um, I, we're asked every day by our kids when that time's going to come. And like even last week, somebody came home and they said, so-and-so got a phone. I said, what? Oh, wait, who? What's his last name? Smith. I go, oh, oh, you're Watson. No, you're good. Not my kid. Don't care. Don't care what they did. So... Like, it'll be a long time. We, we used time. to say, oh, her so, parents must really love her. Oh, yeah. We, we yeah. say that, too. Oh, in that case, I am her parents so obviously I don't love, love you her that more much. than we love you. Yes. So I am going to, I have touched on that before, too. And I, I did have, like, maybe one or two people that were like, oh, well, I understand where you're coming from, but, um, but I wasn't preachy about it. I just said, this is why we don't. Um, they all want to know when it's coming. So one day there will be, um, they will all have a phone. I wish they didn't. I wish they didn't have to. I wish they knew the awesomeness that occurred when you could go up to the payphone. <laughs> or the fact that I drove down here from Tacoma, Washington with my brother without a phone. I had a road map, and we knew we had two hotel reservations. And, like, my dad kissed us by, and off we went. So, anyways, they really, there really is life without cell phones, and I love it. And my kids experience it, and they think they'll never experience anything else. One day they'll have one. So anyways, check my Instagram at some point for that. But the other thing I want you to say is there, I'm going to make another post about children and about making decisions um, and trying to explain why you're being the bad guy. And you'll know it when you see it, but it has to do with the swimming pool. 
and it has to do, remember that story that I like cried on the phone? So it's probably a good thing that I'm not gonna tell you, but it has to do with a swimming pool um, and about why kids don't understand. Um, it's just, so good. Just, yes, so just look at that. There's my plug. You don't, you don't have to follow me, but please, my page is obviously open, but please just go and read it. Because it came to me and it wasn't anything that I read. It came to me in a moment of my child thought I was the devil and I um, ended up having an hour conversation and I'm in tears. And anyhow, I promise you God gave it to me because I don't know it's how It's a great it. illustration. So that's Cliff it. Do you don't have to follow me, but please go read it. Okay. Uh, it is a great story. It is. Okay. It is. And now we can pray. I'm now, so sorry. <laughs> you're good. Don't apologize. It is. Well, let's pray, guys. God, we thank you so much for this day, and we thank you for your presence in this place. I thank you, God, for Kim's heart, for her willingness to share, to share her wins and her losses, her successes and failures, her grief and her celebration. Um, we are grateful for her and Aaron and the impact they have. We ask right now that you hover over them, that you hover over their family, that you continue to bless them and protect them and that you use their words for your purposes. We know, God, that you use everything for your glory and our good. And we ask that you continue to protect them and continue to bless them as they speak out for you. I ask for you to hover over every mom that listened today, that watched today, that you allow her to see the power in her story. God, we are so grateful that you are so big. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Thanks for being here. Y'all, what an inspiration Kim is of intention. Intention in her marriage, intention in her parenting, intention in her relationship with the Lord, intention in her perspective, and intention with her platform. We don't all have, uh, we're not all married to uh, country music artists. And we don't all have the same public profile that she does. But we do, a lot of us do have husbands who travel for work or they work really long hours. And we do all have a platform. It may be on the sidelines of a baseball game or in line at Target, but we can all learn from Kim's example of how to be intentional with our, the way that we approach our situation and the way that we use our platform. And that is why we carve out a few minutes after every lecture where we can reflect upon what we've heard and we can think about how it applies in our lives so that what we have heard here this morning doesn't just stay in the walls of this church, or if you're watching online, maybe the walls of your bathroom, but instead we allow it to go out into our lives to bless our marriages and bless our families. So in a few moments, the music will come on, and we'll take two minutes to stop, to think and pray, and ask God to see things as they really are. We'll evaluate ourselves, taking an honest look at our thoughts, our feelings, our behaviors, and then we'll make a list we're going to write down the, the changes we can make or the actions we can take to be more intentional with our perspective, with our uh, relationship with Jesus and our marriage and our parenting or with our platforms. And then we'll commit to the fight, to being strong and courageous as we act with love. Because we believe firmly here at, at Fearless Mom that we're not blessed just by what we hear. We're blessed by the things that we take action on. And if you're watching online or with a group, as soon as I pray us out, the um, video will cut off. So this is your cue to get somebody set up to set y'all a two-minute timer as well. If you will, bow your heads with me. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this morning. Thank you for Kim, for the gift of her heart, 
and for her, the example that she set for us. God, in the next few moments, will you calm our hearts, settle our minds, and help us see the things that we can be more intentional about, the ways that we can shift our perspective and we can focus on you. We ask all this in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen.